This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights special episode for y'all. This is a project that Pierce and his friend Grant have been working on. Big time golf junkies, and they wanted to take advantage of the fact that the Masters is in a fall football season, and they broke it all down for y'all. Big long conversation. Uh, if you're not a golf listener, I still promise it's going to be interesting. Uh, if you are, an, or, or even a gambler, this is also going to be, you're going to get some good advice, I'll say that, and you have some good storylines to li- pay attention to. Uh, so I'm going to throw it over to them, but just let us know if you like this. We're at Bragg and Pod on social media, Instagram and Twitter, namely, is where you can let us know if you like this, if you want more of this kind of content. If you don't, well, you know, hey, you can let us know that as well. And then uh, also you can leave us a five-star review and tell us what you think of this episode. Thanks so much for following along. And if you are not a golf person and you want to just listen to football stuff, we will be back just in a few with a preview episode for the Week 11 slate or what's left of it at this point. So I'm going to throw it over to Pearson Grant for this edition of Bragging Rights Golf Talk. Just tap it in. Just tap it in. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a room. So without further ado, let's get into Augusta National and the course background. Looking at this course history, obviously, Masters has been here since 1934. It's a prestigious history on this property. Going back uh, to its inception, before Augusta National was actually occupied this land, it actually used to be a fruit tree nursery, something that uh, I think a lot of people don't understand. Makes sense, obviously, seeing all the green green grass and greenery and trees around it. Just It's, it's a perfect setting. This is the smallest field at any major championship golf uh, event, and players compete for the coveted green jacket. So for anyone who is not aware out there who doesn't know too much about the history of Augusta, they don't care about a trophy. They play for a green jacket, as hideous as that might sound. It is the most beautiful thing in sports. And unlike typical tournaments throughout the PGA season, this one brings younger and older players alike into a more even playing field, truly giving everyone a chance. A little bit of uh, course history here as well as a breakdown of the course. We'll get into it a little bit more here uh, in, in a few minutes. But not an overly long course, even though it's 7,400 yards. I'm sure Grant can, can speak on that. You know, this is typically more of a second-shot golf course this year. We'll bring some, some added, uh, some unique things that you've got to have in your repertoire to win this tournament. But typically you get people, uh, you get bombers, you get... You get guys that uh, that hit wedges really well. It, it, it kind of depends. There are many different ways to go about winning this tournament. Uh, must be impeccable around the green and on the greens. If you're not going to hit, if you're not dialed in with your wedge shots or your, your medium to long irons, you are not going to win this tournament if you cannot get up and down or putt really well. And last but not least, this will... Uh, this will be the first time, and I believe probably the only time maybe, well, definitely in our lifetime, that a Masters will be held in the fall, which will bring fall foliage, which will be unique, and I can't wait to see that. I'm sure that Augusta has brought in some trees here and there, trying to green it up a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they figured out to get azaleas in, in the mix. Who knows? That is the uh, beauty of Augusta National and the people that work there. Some news and notes to take care of here as we... Uh, we're we're full we're full bore in a, in the Augusta National in the Masters week. So there have been some news and some some awesome clips and things coming out, some noteworthy things coming out of uh, Monday and Tuesday at Augusta. First and foremost, got to point out Rom with back to back hole in ones yesterday in the practice round. I believe it was on hole five. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Grant. Had a hole in one there in a ridiculously tough pin pin position and then today everyone saw it I believe you probably saw it Grant multiple times but the yearly the annual tradition the tradition skipper. of skipping yeah the old <laughs> skipper across 16 man um, it's always fun to see these players uh, pull out these uh, these trick shots I certainly have no idea how to hit something skipping all I know how to do is hit it 150 yards into the air um, and Rom does it on 16 and holds it in an even more ridiculous pin position than a Sunday pin placement on 16. I'm sure you saw What do you think of that? I mean, you saw a bunch of videos of people just skipping it once or twice. I'm sure it's more more nerve-wracking with fans, but, I mean, gosh, have you seen a more impressive hole-in-one? Man, the triple skip across the water. Started it on the right side of the 
the green. It looked to be coming in hot, but man, it just curled all the way around the top of the green, broke all the way across and just caught the edge and dropped. It was magnificent. I mean, happy for John. I mean, it's fun. I think it was his birthday as well. Um, yeah, there was a, a unique storyline behind it. <clears throat> and I will say, you, you said it best, it, that thing was freaking motoring in there. I didn't know where the pin placement was just because of the camera angle, but I thought there was no way that was going to get there. But with it tucked so far back left, I mean, it you, you could have hit that shot for the rest of your life and not hit it any more perfect. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I couldn't believe it. Um, and then to top it off, have another one in the week. I think it was on hole four. Um, four, that's early, it. Four, four, four. Yeah, it was on the front nine. The week. Um, but I mean, that hole is an absolute monster. Um, so to have an ace on that one, I mean, goodness gracious. Um, well, and it set a, him bir- up, uh, a, bir- a birdie on that hole is amazing. Um, I know, and, and it set him up from a from the public perception just because he's had these highlights. It'll be interesting to see how his odds are affected because man. I mean, people are seeing this going, well, how do we not put our uh, hard-earned money on John Rahm? I mean, and rightfully so. Yeah, he's uh, he's played well all year. Um, I don't have him in my lineup so far, so I'm hoping he's kind of shooting his wad a little bit early, but we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, you love to see little things like this if you're not on those uh, particular guys. You do love to see it, even though you love the storylines, you love the highlights. Uh, this is what... This is really what makes, uh, you know, obviously the roars, the the prestige of this tournament is what makes it so unique. But you get these little highlights here. It's going to be a shame not having the par three, uh, par three challenge, par three course uh, played tomorrow. I believe it would be held tomorrow. Um, that's that's a shame. But obviously, without fans there, it, it doesn't make sense to just have them go out and try and hit hole in ones without any roars. So um, you usually get some highlights there. But you, you got it courtesy of John Rom. Moving on though. Uh, also, with some more news and notes, you had Tiger Woods in his uh, post-practice round presser today. Uh, they asked him about, you know, how impress, how 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 awesome it was last year to finally pull through. What what the experience was like. Obviously, he's been asked this, you know, thousands of times uh, over the p- past year and a half. But it was cool to see him choke up a little bit, talking about, uh, you know, not only his win last year, but coming from behind in his first only come from behind major win uh as well as you know having his family there the it really coming full circle from his first win at augusta embracing his dad after he had heart surgery and how how special that was but then having his family there with his his children there as well embracing them especially charlie that that obviously was a was an incredible experience for him um he he choked up but there's one thing that uh that he said that will be very interesting to see how this 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 year's event plan, plays out, and that is, he said, without any fans there, it's going to be unique, and and you knew that coming in, but he said that was a, a major turning point in his victory last year was the fans and and how how they got behind him and really propelled him to to victory and to to that final push on the back nine. Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what you think. I know you've been a few times. I, I've been once. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be unique without any fans. I mean, I think it'll be cool in some aspects, but I mean, what do you think? Do you think it'll take away from this event? Do you think it will be a, a cool change of pace? How do, how do you see this playing out with no fans? Yeah, I think um, I think it will play as a different tournament. I mean, yeah, being in October or November, sorry, um, will be a big element. But the fans, in and of itself, I think it's. I don't think it's going to take away from anything. I think um, I think we're going to be I think deliver a better product. Um, there, I don't know if they're going to deliver a better product, but there's a little more pressure to deliver kind of a a different product. But in regards to the fans, I think it's going to give an advantage to the first timers out there. I think um, a lot of the ner- there won't be as many nerves. There will obviously still be nerves, but it's just going to be different. I can't – I don't think it will bode well for the guys like Tiger that feed off the fans. He hasn't showed much form uh, since the whole COVID break, and I don't know if that's because of the lack of fans or what, but I think it will benefit some of these younger guys. Um, 
like the John Augustines of the world that are used to playing <laughs> uh, a little amateur shout out there. I think it'll help. Uh, I think a couple amateurs will squeak through the cut that might not have otherwise, as they just have a little bit more experience playing without anybody watching them. But um, yeah, I think it's going to help the rooks a little bit. Again, it's not going to give them uh, ex- like obviously they won't know all the the crazy points of the green or I mean I've heard they've I mean I know they're going to know that the putts are going to break toward Ray's Creek but I don't know I'm I'm curious to see it play out um but I do think it kind of it benefits the guys with a little bit less experience 100 percent, 100 percent. I couldn't agree more I mean you look at uh since the season picked back up after uh, uh post quarantine you did have a lot of these young guys who Granted, they're going to be phenoms. They're fantastic players. They're going to make splashes. They're going to win a lot of tournaments throughout their career. But, you know, you look at the PGA Championship back in, uh, I guess that was late July, early August, I think late July, um, at TBC Harding Park. And and Morikawa, Wolf was right there. You had these young guys in the mix, and you just kind of wonder, how would they react with hundreds of thousands of fans there? And then you also think about it, well, Augusta National is a different animal. And... I, I couldn't agree more. I think it'll – you've seen it. It'll bring some of these younger guys into play, uh, even if they are debutantes, um, their first-year starters at Augusta. I do think it'll bring in that field. It'll be interesting to see. And, yeah, I, I think some of these, these guys like Phil, Tiger, uh, I think you throw in Kepka, some of those guys that really get energized off this crowd and that, that, can, that can give them that final push to, to propel them to a victory in a major event. It'll be interesting, and, and and there's not another tournament that I know of. I mean, maybe the U.S. Open, but there's not another tournament that has a venue like this where it's almost a, a natural amphitheater. And honestly, one of the coolest parts about Augusta National each and every year is when you watch these these watch these groups, and they're on you know you name it twelve, thirteen, fifteen, sixteen. And you hear these roars off in the distance. And and just as someone that's not even on property, someone that's just listening, watching the coverage on CBS, you go, whoa, what just happened? And then if you're there in that moment, it's it's magnified by about tenfold. And you just go, oh, my goodness. And you're looking around and you can kind of see other holes through the trees and the fans going nuts. It's going to take away a little bit. And I can't help but think about that and be a little bit upset because it will take a little bit away. I, I, I kind of view this as whereas the U.S. Open, the PGA, obviously we didn't have the the Open, but some of these marquee events kind of as, uh, if you want to compare it to football, the uh, AFC and FC Championship, the, the wild card, the playoffs building up to it are great and you want that, that crowd, that pop, but this is in essence the Super Bowl. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out without those fans. Yeah, spot on. Um, it's not a greater event in golf. It will be weird kind of seeing these guys, you know, stuff one on, you know, one, knock one tight on two from the fairway and just not hear a roar. I think it's going to be just a different experience. But on the other side of the coin, I've already heard about a lot of people talking throughout about their rounds in the pra- about their practice rounds, and a lot of the comments surround being able to hear players across the course and just chatting here and there. I think we're going to get a lot more caddy player feedback, um, just because there's not as much to cover. There's not there's not going to be people yelling mashed potatoes, which is going to be an incredible positive. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I think I, I, I do think that we're just going to get a little more caddy player conversation, which as a golf nerd, I cannot wait. And I, I love that. And you have seen that uh, since the restart back in uh, in late June. And, and to add to that, it will be interesting because of the layout of Augusta National and how a lot of the holes do flow very close to one another. And really what separates these holes from the next it, are, are the patrons, are the fans that line these holes. So I, I just can't, what you just said, I can't stop thinking about a player in contention on Sunday walking up hole 11, 
going up the entire right side and trying to listen in to what maybe someone who's one behind on hole 12 is thinking through their shot, talking to their caddy. It's almost like a catcher pitcher situation when you're on the mound and you're covering your, your, your face. You're not going to, it's like Brooks last year. He didn't want to show emotion when he hit it in the water on 12. It will be interesting to see those dynamics because they'll very much be there. Um, so it will be interesting to see how that plays out. A um, couple more things to note here. Obviously, um, Unfortunately, two players uh, have withdrawn from the tournament. Uh, first year, he was set to make his first start at the Masters, and uh, a promising young player, very second, talented, Joaquin. Joaquin, second? Yeah, he played as an amateur. He was. The, oh, you're um, right. His first start as a pro. As a pro, as a pro. Yes. No, that's right. Good he was point. The Good point. Lat- the Latin American champion a few years back. So he, de- he was big on my model. I was devastated to see him have to withdraw i can't imagine a worse feeling when well, he hits in those uh, he hits those draws too which you need to get around this course you you know you, you can argue you need to have some high cuts to come into these greens but you also got to hit a draw for the most part i mean there are some exceptions in there jack nicholas obviously being the uh the main exception there hitting majority of of his shots or cuts um, and he obviously won six times. But then to add to that, you all, you also had Sergio Garcia, who had to withdraw. Sad to see a, a, a former winner here at this event and someone who, you know, has contended for, for two-plus decades out at Augusta. And has not finally able to started contend. showing some form. I know. He did. He did. He really did, especially uh, in some of these tournaments that were in Texas over the last few months. He really, he did. He started to show some form. And, you know, at a course like this where – you know, it, it, you don't have to be playing the best golf to come in here and really excel, which uh, what, it, it's a shame because he, he's somebody that could have been in the mix with another chance to win a second green jacket. Um, but let's let's move on to this year's tournament. Got some uh, key highlights uh, for this course and kind of what to expect from the weather, um, how the course is going to play this year. It, it's it's going to set up a little differently, obviously, than the, if this course uh, was prepped and ready to go for April. First and foremost, it is projected to be incredibly wet and rainy this week. Uh, that's that's gonna, you know, for a course that I, I said at the beginning, not gonna play. Uh, it's it's not an overly long course. It it tends to play as a second shot golf course. It's gonna make this uh, a little bit tougher for those second shots. You're not gonna get the rollouts. Uh, it, it's gonna be a softer. Good thing is it ought to be a little bit softer coming into the greens. Uh, a little more receptive there. Look, maybe slows the green speed down just a, just a touch. Um, that being said, it is gonna it is gonna put a more premium on the bombers, but I think more so than anything, uh, you hit on it earlier. The the northern winds that are coming in, I I don't know too much about these, but I know you uh, you uh, are an expert on these and on this these northern winds. So tell, what 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 exactly does this mean? Because I know it obviously any winds coming through and and wet rainy conditions is obviously gonna lengthen the course uh, even more. But then you get these winds coming in at the wrong direction and that's really gonna gonna affect the golfers. So what can you tell me about the northern winds? Yeah, so <clears throat> the information that I gathered came from an interview with Tiger. They were kind of talking about him and his experience playing at Augusta in November. And one of the highlights that he mentioned was the northern facing winds. And for example, his big holes that he kind of for those that know the course well, he highlighted how he was playing in November, and he went driver three wood into hole one and hole 18, which is unbelievable to think about those greens. For example, hole one, you absolutely cannot go long. And to be hitting a three wood into that green, I mean, good luck. That's the second hardest hole on the course. Par if you have a three one in your hand and you make par, I mean, I can't imagine how that would feel to just walk off that green. Um, but yeah. And then 18, having the tournament on the line and having to pull out a three wood just to hit this ridiculous green that is going to look, I, I think it'll look a little bigger this year without all the fans around, but pretty small green couple shelves. It's just going to be a, bear of a course yeah you mentioned it earlier it plays about 7475 um but typically we see a good bit of roll this year i don't i think we're gonna have to we're gonna watch 
players deal with mud balls, playing two club wins here and there. It's gonna be a it's gonna be an amazing tournament to watch. Well, you're certainly going to hear uh, Bubba Watson yell a couple mud balls uh, right off the club face, mud even balls. before he <laughs> mud balls before he even hits the ball. He's going to be complaining. But that being said, I do like his prospects this week. We'll get in that a little bit more uh, here, here, here a little later on. But but two things you said that were interesting to note on going back to 18. If if those wins, if I mean, I can't imagine hitting a three wood into that green uphill. Regardless, that's one of the tighter driving holes in the entire course. You see, guys. In April, um, when this is typically played, hitting driver, and if they hit driver, you've got to hit a cut. You've got to hit a cut around those trees or you're ending up in those bunkers, and that is incredibly tough, and it's already a tight enough shot as it is. So you get a lot of guys laying back. So it's going to take those five woods, those three woods out of their hands. They're going to need to hit driver if that's the case with the wind coming into their face. Um, And and that's going to be so sketchy, especially if they do overcut it going into the trees on the right um, I, but then you also hit on it. You said the the fans, the lack of fans around the greens, obviously will open things up. I I, I saw something uh, yesterday. I saw it also today. It's also going to open up some of these fairways, man. Some of these fairways where these these fans are tipping the line. Like for instance, uh, over the bunker on the left side of the fairway on eighteen, where you know you, if you blast a driver, you can easily get it in those bunkers. I just saw I saw something that said Bryson just takes it 70 yards over those and goes over where the patrons would even be, and he's got like 80 yards, 90 yards in. I mean, so it's going to be interesting because this is a, a more wide open property. I mean, you've heard you've heard players talk about it the past couple of days. I mean, holes uh, greens nine and 18 are just kind of just sitting there. You don't even really know which which holes which in without the fans there so it will be interesting to see that it's just literally in a wide open you know green pasture so to speak um for those two greens so it will be interesting to see how see how this plays it will be interesting i think you'll uh, some of the first timers out there might get a little frustrated going well where the heck are they going i don't even understand what hole they're what the design of the hole what the what the angles, what they're trying to actually do here is because you're not going to see the outlines of the holes because this is not a this is not a piece of property where they have a lot of thick rough like a U.S. Open or, or, or any other uh, major event out there. So it will be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, moving on, though, you also, uh, like I hit on it, the Bombers are going to be at a premium here, obviously, with the, the wet, rainy conditions, along with the, the northern winds. Uh, any winds of any sort is going to really uh really affect these golfers so you're gonna be looking at some bombers here to uh to to, to obviously put the ball out there and and not have some of these five four irons into holes even some woods like you hit on um i will say it, i think the players have lucked out a little bit it's not gonna be it's not forecasted to be as cold as i think some people thought it might be that being said, if you do go off early on Thursday or Friday, the first hour or two will be pretty cold, so that will affect uh, the ball flight and, and how far it goes, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, and then last but not least, the one thing that I made note of was the fact that I don't know if they've done this in the past. I don't think, to my recollection, they've ever done this, but the starting on 1-10 and 10 will be something very unique. Usually every player goes off 1 because they've got 10, 11, 12 hours, whatever it is of daylight. But because of the uh, daylight savings um, switch uh, a couple weeks ago, it's going to get dark very early. So they've got to send guys off 1 and 10. So it will be interesting to see, especially for us that are looking uh, from a uh, financial standpoint into this, what to do with guys that start on 10. Because you're going to get some guys. I mean, 10, certainly 11, and 12 are three of the harder holes in the course, if not the three hardest. You're going to get some guys that go off and are two, three over after 10, 11, 12. But they're probably going to rattle off four or five birdies here and get back to even. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that pans out. Without further ado, I'd love to uh, want to get into the field here at, at Augusta. And this is really where I would say Grant and I excel, breaking down the field, breaking down what you can expect from each player or, or a subset of players. And get a feeling for your your best bets of the uh, of the tournament. Um, I know Grant's hit on many many uh, many winners in the past. I've uh, I've had a very successful season the, since the restart back in June. So excited to get into this and uh, hopefully provide y'all with some winners. We're gonna do this. Uh, we're gonna do this basically based off of DraftKings 
uh, pricing. That way we can take the upper tier, uh, the the B tier, C, and so on and so forth, and and give you all some uh, you know some of our opinions on each player in each position. We're not going to hit all. Um, if you want to, uh, if you have any questions, obviously feel free. We are going to put this out on the Braggins Pod. Um, this will be on our own podcast. It'll be separate under the Bra- Bragging Rights Podcast, uh, you know, network, so to speak. But this will be separate. But for the time being, uh, reach out to on, to us on Bragging Pod, uh, Bragging Rights Pod. If you have any questions, feel free to, and we will answer those as best as possible. But um, without further ado, let's move into this top tier here. You got. I'll, I'll name all the all the guys only because there are only a few. You obviously got the favorites, DeChambeau, Justin Thomas, John Rom, Roy McIlroy, Dustin Johnson. And I got to ask you, Grant, obviously the winner might come from this group. But can you yeah. can you realistically <clears throat> jump on one of these guys? I mean, we've we've jumped on guys throughout the, the last year, six months or so, but – can you jump on any of these guys at these low uh, these low odds? At this price point, I mean, taking Bryson DeChambeau at seven and a half to one, I mean, a little aggressive at this point. I mean, not to toot our own horns here, but Pierce and I had the foresight to you know get on Bryson uh, a little bit early. We we got on him early when his odds were you know four or five times what they are now, but at seven and a half to one, very difficult to take a Bryson. Um, I mean, it just the juice is you know worth crazy. The, it, the juice isn't worth the squeeze to, for a major to just take home ten to one, seven to one, eight to one. I mean, I do think the winner will come from here, but in those blue chip guys, I think it's a coin flip. Well, yeah, and 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 if you're if you're someone that's only going to put, uh, you know. You're only going to place your money on one person. I would, I would definitely say DeChambeau would be the one. That being said, it is interesting. We did jump on him last year. Looking back at our uh, when we placed these uh, these nice responsible wagers, it was before Bryson really became Hulk Bryson, uh, oh, yeah. if you want to call him that. And that's crazy to think. Had we known that going in. It, it, it might have changed our uh, perception of him going into some of these majors even more. But got to like how he won the U.S. Open. will be interesting to see how he plays. I did see something today, and it was a breakdown on the Golf Channel of his breakdown of the last nine holes, the back nine. And no joke, it was hysterical. Hole 10, it was like nine iron at best. No, it was like pitch and wedge at best. Hole 11, eight iron at best. Hole 12, laughable. Hole 13, pitching wedge. Hole 14. And the one hole that was over 8-iron was, I think, 14. It was like, don't worry about it. It was unbelievable. Everything was 8-iron and in, and the one hole that maybe wasn't was, don't don't even worry about it. It's not a big deal. Like This dude coming in is, if he, and he's been doing a great job driving the ball, as crazy as his, his whole motion is, I don't know. I would never have guessed it would have worked out. It just looks too crazy to me. Too, when you try to 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 go above and beyond, it doesn't always work out. That being said, man, if this guy drives it straight, he's gonna have wedges into every hole. It will be interesting because if he does miss the greens, I don't know if his short game's quite up to snuff with with some of the guys that that will go on and save themselves and make pars or on some of these short par fives go up and down for birdie. But man, if even even if he misses slightly with wedges coming into these greens and still is on the green, he's a good enough putter to get it done. Yeah, um, I was just checking out the the tee times. It's crazy. I thought they'd put a lot of the big guns off one. Bryson starting off six forty four a.m. Central Time. Sorry, six fifty. Sorry, I botched that. Um, Bryson and Rom going off a ten tee. 6:33 a.m. Hey, I mean that that if if you if you have the ability to go live with uh, some of these plays, maybe wait to see what he does through uh, 10, 10 through twelve because you might be able to get him at maybe more like sixteen to one if he bogeys one of these first two holes. That being said, I do kind of like that draw. Give him something when he. I feel like when he goes up on these easier holes, he. Maybe he lets his guard down a little bit. He gets fired up and psyched up to play these difficult holes. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays. You said Rom was in his group. What do you think about Rom this week? I, personally, out of these five guys, I want to get behind Rory. I can't do it. 
I want to get behind Rom. I do think he'll win one eventually. I can't do it here. I think there's just a little bit too much there. If I had to go with anyone, I'd probably say Justin Thomas. But there's something weird about DJ. He's kind of as great as he's been the past few months. He seems to not be being talked about in this uh, coming See, into this that, tournament, which is a very scary thing for someone like DJ. Yeah, I'm all over DJ. Um, I think I, I number one player in the world. No one talking about him. He tied for second last year. I think he's going to be a guy to keep your eye on. Um, DJ's showing great form. Played great last week. Um, trending in the right direction. I think you got to watch out for DJ. I think Rom. I think I think Rom will put together a good showing. But with that with that attitude, I think he's going to have a couple holes that get away from him. I think he'll have a shot, but I think he's going to. Not this year, but I think he'll be up there with a good chance. It will be interesting to see because you you did you did hit on it. Rom obviously is uh, susceptible to those blow up holes without the fans there. That's someone that might benefit from that because he's not going to feel as embarrassed with hundreds of thousands of people there watching him hit a crummy shot. Maybe he'll be able to rebound a little bit better. Let's move on, though, to uh, to the 9,000 uh, 9, range. You have a lot of good quality players in this um, as well as in the 8,000 range. A lot of guys in this range, too, that I think could sli- could sneak up and not necessarily sneak up. They're, they're considered uh, top, top 15 for a reason, uh, but could very well win this. Uh, Looking at it right now, you gotta like uh, you gotta like what Brooks Kepka's bringing into this tournament. You also gotta like what uh, what Patrick Cantley's doing quietly, and, and don't count out Terrell Hatton. I mean, the dude's kind of re, re kind of reinvented his game, kind of changed some things up. And I mean, goodness gracious, he's absolutely dominating. Uh, you know, whether it's on the PJ Tour, or the Euro event, he's just he's coming on, and I could see him uh, him really winning a few a few tournaments uh, in the next couple of years. So. What uh? What's your biggest takeaway from this nine thousand range? Yeah, I'm I'm not on the Brooks Kepka train yet. I just think you need to have a little bit more, a little a few more rounds under your belt. Um, battling some injuries this year, um, I think Brooks will make the cut, but I don't think it's going to be his Masters to win. Cantlay playing great golf, and you hit on it, Hatton. I think Hatton's going to be a sleeper. I tend to lead toward the Euros uh, when a little rains in the forecast. He's a great long iron player. Um, love Terrell Hatton. And then one guy that is not being talked about much that's at the bottom of this 9,000 range, Bubba Watson, former two-time green jacket winner. I think he's someone to keep his, keep your eye on, especially with his distance and familiarity with the course. I love it. I love it. I'm glad you brought him up. I, I honestly overlooked him in this, and it's funny because I already have a, uh, I already have a, a, a slip placed on uh, Bubba Watson to win this tournament. He he's, for someone that obviously has great course history here, and you're gonna hear us uh, next year as we we really get into the swing of things. I'm so excited to uh, to to really have a full season of this, uh, and get this underway. You know, Bubba is one of those guys that that. The course history here is just fantastic, and I'm not going to say throughout every other tournament uh, the entire season, I'm not going to say, look at course history. Course history is not always a big factor. At Augusta, it is, and Bubba Watson has that course history, and there's something to be said about someone who, you know, you look at him mentally and you say, well, he struggles to, you know, there are tournaments where he just doesn't look into it. Here, this obviously grabs his attention. I love what he's doing, and he's been ball striking as well as he's ever done his career and, and as well as anyone has the last two months. So I, I absolutely love um, him coming in. I think he's obviously underappreciated coming into this as well. He's, he's really been playing well. Um, I also I lo- do like, I, I, I love, love, I love Hatton. I love just what, before we jump off of uh, Bubba starting off 10 T, you know, had a little magic on that hole in a playoff before. Love that he's starting there, and he's playing with Matthew Wolf. So we've got some bombers in that group. They'll be trying to, you know, get one out past each other, and then they're playing with Fleetwood as well. So a great, great pairing. I know we'll get into Fleetwood in a little bit, but don't put your money on Fleetwood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, 
Interesting. I, I, I do love Fairway Jesus. Um, we'll get into that in, in a second. I, I'm, I'm excited to, to hear what you say because he's a toss-up guy. You, you've kind of thought in the past he's he's a big game hunter, so to speak, but he hasn't really made waves because he, he didn't come over right away from uh, Europe, and that's obviously understandable with COVID um, and the pandemic. But I think the guy from this range outside of Bubba, outside of Bubba, and, and you do like some of these guys. Obviously, I think I think where Morikawa uh, will struggle in this tournament, he does hit his long irons very well, and I think he'll need that. He's just not a, a long enough hitter, and when you put that much stress on your long irons, it's gonna he's it's gonna be tough for him, especially in his uh, his debut here at Augusta. I think the guy that that's really flying under the radar here, maybe not from a betting perspective, but just someone that. You're just not hearing much about, and he was right in the thick of things last year. Was Patrick Cantlay? I mean, this dude just continues to, to go about his business. He's he's he does everything at, very quietly. Um, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but he's not a, a rah rah type of guy. He's not in the headlines, but he just continues to play well and and put up put up great scores. And and obviously coming off a win a couple weeks back, a few weeks back. Uh, I appreciate that, Patrick. That was a, a big win for me. Um, but I think I, I think I gotta I gotta go with Cantlay here, even though I, I love Bubba. I gotta put some money on Bubba. I think Cantlay is the guy that in this range that kind of kind of does it for me. Man, I'm uh, I was on Cantlay last year. Came in second, close but no cigar. Love the Cantlay play, but I'm gonna fade him this year. I think I mean he's showing great form, but. There's only so many bullets in the chamber, and uh, I'm going to lean with guys like uh, Tyrrell Hatton and uh, Bubba Watson uh, this year. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Um, and then a guy at the top of that 9,000 range that has shown great form lately, Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley. No one's talking about Xander. Watch out for Xander. I know, and 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 it will be interesting to see how he plays in these wet, rainy conditions. Um... Yeah, I think some people are counting him out because of that. But this dude is another guy that just in these big time fields, he he he, he excels. He 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 raises to a different level, and you got it. You do you have to like his chances. I mean, he was in the thick of things last year, right in, right in the mix of everything. So it will be interesting to see how he plays. I mean, his his time's right around the corner. Um, I, I certainly think if you're going to look at this range and say someone. Uh, there are a couple guys that are going to, you know, really struggle. I wouldn't put Xander on that list. I, I think there are a, a number of people in this range that would struggle before Xander. He just, even if he has a bad hole here or there, he tends to bounce back in a hurry. So you got to love that. Uh, you got to love that mindset from Xander. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to the eight thousand range. You got a number of people here. A lot of uh, a, a lot of big names too. A lot of guys that. You'd expect to be a little bit higher. Some guys that maybe uh, odds-wise you'd think would be a little bit lower. Um, looking at this, though, we, we we do have some positions right now on Hideki Matsuyama. I know Love you, uh, you, re- I know you really like the 8, Hideki. Range. Hideki's someone that's interesting to me because Hideki kind of falls into um, – I hate to call out anybody, but he's someone kind of uh, – he's just above Tony Finau where he's always in the mix. Now – He's won some tournaments, some big time tournaments, but he. But even though he's in the mix, he should win more often than than he than he does. So it will be interesting to see in this high profile. But without fans, this is one of those areas where if he does get that hot putter, he's gonna put everything to fifteen feet. So I, I do like Becky here. Puts better on those faster greens. Um, yep. Yep. He's uh, and you know if those green, you know if the course continues to play soft like we're all anticipating Hideki struck one of the best iron players there is so be careful if his putter's not there he's not going to be he's not going to be near the top of the leaderboard but if he can get a little momentum early he's one to watch out for um yeah I'm I'm uh he is starting off 10t so he's going to need to bring it early um but Hideki's definitely someone that you need to look out for, in my opinion. Definitely. Uh, just so that everybody knows, give me uh, give me your favorite in this range, and then give me someone that uh, is maybe a sleeper for you. I I want to ask you about Jordan Spieth, obviously. That's somebody that uh, is obviously interesting. Uh, 
But if I if I had to say it, I, I got a weird feeling about Matthew Wolf. I don't know why. I, maybe it's because of no fans. I certainly don't think this would be a spot where he'd excel in. But if if DeChambeau is gonna gonna play well, you look That's at the U.S. Open. Say. I think Wolf is gonna correlate to, to playing well on this course too. So, um, what do you, what do you think about Wolf? And then give me your uh, give me your favorite from this spot and someone that would maybe be a sleeper that some people are overlooking. Yeah, I think I mean you hit on my guys in this range. I think you can throw your speed bets in the trash. Um, Ricky Fowler hasn't shown much form lately. <clears throat> So I'm not wild on this range. Jason Day is someone to keep an eye on. He's been playing great golf lately. But, yeah, my top two plays in this range are Hideki and Wolf. Wolf, I mean, typically um, everybody says stay away from guys that um, this is – they're rookies at the Masters. It requires a lot of experience. But um, I'm going to toss that out the window for Wolf. Um, you know, Morikawa and Wolf seem to – They've got an extra gear that uh, most of these um, young guys just don't. And um, I think uh, I think Wolf, like you mentioned it, plays well when Bryson's projected to do well. He's a bomber, big-time length. Um, I think he's one to keep your eye on. And, again, we hit it on earlier. These young guys, Wolf and Morikawa, they've been playing extremely well this year, and I think a lot of it has to do with their familiarity with playing without people on the course. Agreed, agreed. So I, I take it you're uh, you're going with uh, Wolf as a little bit of a sleeper, and then who are you taking as your uh, your favorite from this round, Matsuyama? Matsuyama, by far. Love by it. far, I, I love it. I couldn't I, be, I I couldn't agree more in this range. I. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Speed do well or, or Fowler do well because, again, remember, we said course history. Well, we said course history is a big thing here. And, yeah, all and, y'all put your money on Speed and Fowler. And, and think about this. Think about this. If Speed doesn't have to worry about spraying it right into the crowd on some holes, he can spray it over there and, and put the ball on the green with a chance for birdie. So Race Creek getting going anywhere. <laughs> uh, that, that is a good point. I, I will say I, I watched um, the final round uh, prior to this, prior to recording. I can't watch it. Watching watching Molinari implode was absolutely. Oh, it was tough limb. to watch. It was it was tough to watch. I mean, once he got on to fifteen too, it was. Oh, I mean, uh, unbelievable. And and what's crazy too is you had those last two groups. Brooks went in the water. Then you had in in Tiger's group, you had Molinari and Finau go in the water. It was. It was tough to watch, I will say. Uh, obviously, I was rooting for Tiger, but it's it's tough to watch those guys fail. Um, but let's move on to the seven thousand range. There are a lot of guys in this, more so, almost triple of what we had in the in the previous three um, ranges. So let's just go ahead and hit on a few here. We're not going to touch them all. We're not even going to hit on uh, maybe half of them. But I got to say here, I'm, there are some guys that, that catch my eye. You got Justin Rose here, obviously. Louis plays okay. But you got Rose, who always plays well here, and and in some of my metrics, when you've got, if you're going to have longer irons coming into this, uh, into these greens, you look at Rose. He's 19th from 170 yards to 200, and 23 from 200 yards plus. I, I love that aspect of him. He's going to be good tee to green. Um, you know, Matthew Fitzpatrick also plays pretty well here. You obviously got Phil, um, but there's some guys down below that I I think could be some sleepers. Uh, Notably, I, I kind of like Lowry. If this gets into a crummy Quit event, taking my picks. Well, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll set you up here. What do you What do you like about Lowry? I mean, shoot, I know what I like, but what 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 do you think Lowry brings to this tournament uh, in these conditions that'll allow him to to excel? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. I've, I tend to go toward the long iron players, the guys that do well in tough conditions. Lowry, to be honest, in this seven thousand category there's very few guys that I like at all. I've typically built my lineups with a studs and duds approach, which means I'm building with a lot of the most expensive guys in the field. And then, and then I fall to the extremely cheap guys that I'm just are hoping to make the cut. Um, the, the duds that I'm leaning towards Shane Lowry, he's phenomenal long iron player historically he's played in the masters four times missed the cut three times but um 
in an interview today on masters.com he talked about he's never come into the masters with it with with much form with it typically being early in the year um however the last couple weeks Shane's Shane played well in Vegas and then came storming back to come in 11th at Houston last week so he said it himself he's uh he's not um he's typically not been great at Augusta but he's He's got some experience here, and he is showing form that he's never shown before coming into this week. And with a little rain in the forecast, watch out for those Irishmen. An Irishman hasn't won the Masters before, so he is uh, hoping to be the first. But he, he did say in his interview today that if he can pull it off, it'll it'll rival his Open Championship in his homeland. Well, and, and you got to love that he does have that experience of beating a top field. Uh, so you know, going up against the, the best of the best in an incredibly difficult event at a difficult venue in and arguably the toughest conditions that we've seen in the past ten years. So you do you do have to love that with Lowry and and I agree. I, I love that coming in. I think that Rose um from a safety standpoint stands out to me. He's uh currently at fifty to oh. one. I, I that being said, I'm not going to go ahead and endorse him as someone that I'm going to go out and, and bet my money on. But that being said, I, I do like the fact that I know he, more oftentimes than not, he ought to be in the hunt. And you just never know. He's, I, I think he's he's kind of next after Sergio as someone that deserves and should win this event because he plays it so well. And 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 it suits him well. I I think he's got to he's got to get it done here sometime soon, right? I uh, he's on my cannot bet at the Masters ever again list for his performance <laughs> last year. I was all over him, and he I don't think he'd ever missed a cut and played like poo last year. So well, heck, and then the year he lost to Sergio, he was uh, right there and and blocked it in the trees. But yeah, he I again Rose. He just hasn't shown enough, you know, fire over the last six months. He hadn't really been on top of a leaderboard. He'll put together a round and t- give it all back the next day. He is, you know, he's probably the biggest gun in this cat in this range of players. But this, I mean, to be honest, I'm. You don't want to be drawing too many guys from this category, in my opinion. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there are some guys here that 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 have that pedigree and and bring that bring that caliber of play. What do you to think about your Augusta. boy, uh, your Georgia boy, Kiz? I think he, uh, he, I mean, he, hey, he it, could be a sleeper in this category. I mean, he might not be the longest guys longest guy in the field, but I mean, when the conditions were tough, and I guess it was two thousand three, or I won't give a year because I don't know it that well. But Zach Johnson won in a tough year, so if that northern facing wind is prevailing and guys can't quite attack the uh, par fives and two, um, you can see these guys that aren't quite as long that can sink a lot of putts, like a Zach Johnson and Kevin Kisner that could rise to the top of this field. So, and that's a great point. And and Kisner's one of those guys that obviously you expect to be a uh, 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 more of a wedge player, but. He also he, he doesn't have terrible long iron play. I mean, forty fifth uh, from one hundred seventy five yards to two hundred yards over the past twenty four rounds, and eighteenth from two hundred yards plus. And he's not considered a long hitter. But where I love him is uh, strokes gained tee to green. I think will be a key uh, key point in this tournament. He's forty there, and he's not considered a long hitter. But the most important stat here is is strokes gained approach, and he is ninth over the last twenty four rounds. I do love him, and and I will say this. Wouldn't it make sense for Kevin Kessner to win with no fans there? A Georgia boy with, with all the dogs rooting him on there in Augusta. Like, wouldn't it just suit him? So, it just makes so much sense to have him uh, him win. And uh, it would be so perfect, the storylines that would come up, come out of that. He would have so many headlines in his uh, post-round presser. It would be unbelievable. Um, but let's uh, let's – for the sanctity of time here, let's uh, give me give me someone that you like in this in this range that maybe a little bit off the uh, maybe not a, a a name brand, not a Phil Mickelson, not a Justin Rose. I'm even going to throw out Lowry because you do like him so much. Who would be your next guy in this range that you would take? Maybe to even take a flyer on if you had to, just because he provides some value. 
Ah, this is a really bold claim. He's shown absolutely no form lately, but great tough weather player, great long irons, Lee Westwood. I love it. I, well, I love it because he also has course history. He does have the course history. He hasn't shown a lot of form lately, but he's a guy with a lot of experience here. He hadn't quite ever been able to get it done in a major, um, but his clock's ticking, so he doesn't have too many bullets left in the chamber. Um, he would, he wouldn't surprise me if you know he pulled out a top ten and strung a few together. Well, and I think that might be where his value lies is a, is a top 20, top 10 bet, um, a make-the-cut type of play on him. Certainly it would be hard to, to place your hard-earned cash at his age. You don't see guys his age win this event um, or any event hey, of his caliber. Tiger. Hey, what did Tiger – Tiger won it pretty old. How old is Lee well, Westwood? Well, I think Jack was the oldest at 46, and I think Lee's up close to 50. Double check for me, but – I think he's just over that hump. But, I mean, regardless, he's got the course history 47. here. 47. So, you got to check him off the list of someone who can win. Again, I think Jack was the oldest winner here. And Jack is this is the number one best player of all time. I think he'll go down as number two behind Tiger when all is done. That being said, I do like Westwood Old. to – be a backdoor uh, top 10 type of play. Definitely a play on DraftKings. If his ownership is down, I think if his ownership is up, he would be an e- instant fade. But someone I, li- someone I like from this range, you know, it's interesting you talk about, you talk about, uh, you know, in these tough conditions, a Willet or, or, or a European or, or an international. I, I think someone that if it doesn't pan out that way as much if the winds aren't as strong, I got to go down with Jason Kokrak, man. First time, he, first, he, he got his first a, win, man. He is riding high, and and, and you've seen some things. He's long. He's, he's long, exactly, man. You look at it. His strokes gained T degrees eighth over the last twenty four rounds on in the field. He's tw- uh, four. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, thirtieth in approaches uh, in this field over the last twenty four rounds. Um, putting, which is something he's really struggled at, and that's the reason he hasn't won events in the in the past. He's second in strokes game putting. I mean, this dude, and he's got long irons as well. 14th from 175 to 226 from 200 plus. Got to like Kokrak here, especially without the fans, because he's someone that I think would wilt uh, a little bit more than than some of these big names like Rose under the pressure and under the uh, scrutiny of some of these uh, these fans and some of the roars. Um, But but we'll see, man. I'm I'm certainly rooting for Kisner in this range. that being said, wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me to see any of these guys up there in the in the top ten on Sunday uh, with a fighting chance because while they may not win, you, you tend to get that at the at Augusta, and that's what makes this event so special. Let's move on though, and we're not going to touch on much here in the six thousand range. Um, Let's I just, just talk want, about. Uh... Who who are some of your diamonds in the rough? I've had exactly. To, I was going to say, give live me... in this area a little bit, going with you know, coupling Justin Thomas, DJ, and Tony Finau in a couple lineups. I'm kind of stuck down here for a few. So what wh- what advice can you give me? Well, exactly, and this is a this is a unique range, especially if you're playing uh, uh, you know DraftKings or you want some long shots in there or some guys that could maybe shock the world and and finish top twenty. There's some unique names down here. I. I kind of liked Eric Van Royen. Um, that being said, that being said, it. I don't know if he's necessarily a long iron he's player in these tougher conditions. He is. He is, is a he? long iron player. Um, I built a couple models when I'm looking at proximity 200 plus. Okay, love um, it. Yep. He's, he's, I see it. He's 12th. So love it. He is a guy to keep your eye on. 170 to 200. He's 29th. T to green, 16th. Um, Watch out for Eric Van Rooyen. He's not known for his putter, but on you know in a Masters with these greens, you can get hot if you hole a few early. So with the, the way these greens, they're the most pure in the land. If, if a guy like that can get a little confidence earlier, earlier I love in a it. round, I love it. he is definitely my favorite in this category. And then it, I wouldn't be doing uh, the guy who taught me most everything I know besides Pierce, uh, Pat Mayo. Got to talk about. Shout out. See woo, see woo, see woo. 
All I mean, hey, it. I I I gotta say, I bet Siwoo because of our guy Pat. Um, I I know joke. I bet him just about every week because he's one of those guys that his odds are always so astronomical. But statistically, if he just puts well, he's got all the ball striking measure, uh, you know, statistics there. He, he he usually hits great approach shots. He usually is good tee to green. So you're right. I mean, if you, outside of Van Royen, I, I'd say Siwoo's that X guy. I will say I do like if if it does play. Kind of in the mold that uh, Will it won in 2016, where it plays more like a European event. I think of all these guys, any one of these guys that I think could test their medal against some top name, top, the upper echelon type of talent, would be Matt Wallace. Would be Matt Wallace. I don't know why he just seems to like. He seems to elevate his game in uh, these tougher fields. He's a grinder, man. He's a grinder, man. And I don't. You know, you're obviously stretching it at, at, for any player in this range, but Matt Wallace is another guy. I mean, and then you go one step below, and you gotta you gotta like what Sebastian Munoz brings. I mean, I know you're you're, you're fairly high on him. He's as hot as it gets. Um, but one thing about Matt Wallace, my biggest prediction about Matt Wallace for this Masters, he will probably be wearing the most the most hideous outfit you've seen at the tournament. That's all I can say about Matt Wallace. He will put together the ugliest outfit you've ever seen in your life. Mark my words. <laughs> well, and th- there ought to be some interesting fits in this tournament because obviously it's a different time of the year. It'll be a little bit colder, a um, little, little different climate, uh, You know, maybe a little bit more humidity, obviously, with the, the rainy conditions. I think I saw every day for Rory's kit, he's wearing one of those Arnold Palmer sweaters. So it'll be interesting to see what these guys bring out because not many of these guys tend to play in November, December, January, even into February. So you might get some unique kits. I don't know if you have anything to uh, to add to that, being the, the fashion guy. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to – I don't know if the outfits will quite – are going to be quite on display. I, I think there's just going to be a lot of rain gear this week. So I don't think we're, <laughs> we're going to get a lot of the colors that we're anticipating, but I do know that Matt Wallace will wear something that uh, I wouldn't be caught dead in. So uh, we got two more, two more uh, items to attend to here. I don't necessarily have a strong opinion on this, but I know you being our, um, expert in the the college game i gotta ask you who is your pick this is your your area of expertise who is your pick to win low amateur and don't give me a vandy player i have to stick with my john (laughs) augenstein i mean he's a uh, phenomenal player he's playing with ricky fowler i think that'll be a great experience for him but this guy is uh he's from he's a kentucky native Played in a practice round with JT today. Um, he is, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a homer, obviously, but uh, this guy's long. He, he plays the game very similar to Justin Thomas. Good wedge player, tenacious, very aggressive. Um, he's my pick. I mean, I think you got to keep your eye out on Andy Ogletree. He's the Andy beat John in the USAM finals at Pinehurst. Um Andy's a great player. However, he is playing with Tiger, so I don't know if those nerves are going to get to him. I mean, with the fans, with the fans not being in place, I think playing with Tiger is a little easier now than it was. But um, those are the two guys I'd keep keep my eye on. Yeah, I tend to lean toward the Americans in this setting, just with a little more familiarity with the bent greens. But John Augenstein's my low end. I love it. I love it. I don't, I don't have much to add to that. You are by far and away the only person I know that watches college golf, um, not just one tournament a year, but you watch it all throughout the year. So I keep up. The, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Uh, I'll go over to your house and, and it'll be uh, late at night and you'll have reruns on of college tournaments. It's it's absolutely psychotic. But, hey, I love it. I love it. You bring that background uh, to all these players. You know what their upbringing is and – and that's your background too. You were a competitive golfer, so I, I love that aspect. So let's uh, last segment here. Let's let's go into it. Let's give me one your favorite best bet outside of DeChambeau, okay? Because I know that's what you're going to say, and that's what I would say too. And then give me your favorite long shot, okay? 
It doesn't have to be someone we named. Just give me your off-the-wall type of pick. Uh, your favorite outside of Shambo and your long shot pick. Um, mm, this is a tough and This one. doesn't have to be someone that you think is your – it's not someone that you're necessarily betting. It could be someone off the wall that you just have this weird gut feeling about. This is an area where you can just kind of throw anything off the wall. Um, I'm, I haven't built many lineups with this guy at all. But I think um, I think you got to look out for. Uh, I think this could be a Bubba year. It's been twenty twenty's been crazy. I think uh, I think it wouldn't surprise me one bit if uh, with his length um, he's showing. I mean, he's one of the best ball strikers in the game right now. Get some good odds on uh, Bubba Wallace. Um, and then, uh, oh, Wallace, the NASCAR driver. Sorry, Bubba Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking Matt Wallace, my guy. Yeah, I, Matt Wallace and his ugly ass outfits are <laughs> in my brain. Yeah, so. that was just, and you couldn't even get over that, <laughs> that, that point. Bu- Bubba, big Bubba. Um, I think he's one to keep your eye out on, and I hit about hit on him a lot earlier. Hideki, I mean. I'm putting a lot of eggs in the Hideki basket. I'm not typically a Hideki fan, but um, I'm going to two plays, Hideki and uh, Bubba. Those are the wild cards. I love it. I'm right there with you with Bubba. My uh, hard-earned cash is on Bubba this week. Uh, I, I will say I have placed a small a small play on, on this player. He's someone that I, I never play because he's not a threat to win. He's always around in offense, but for some reason, and this is what you're best at, Grant, and this is why I love uh, love having you, love con- uh, conversating with you, talking with you about these uh, about these tournaments and about these uh, you know plays because you're a gut guy, and I tend to get too bogged down in the analytics, but if I'm going to go off my gut, i got to go Tony Finau. I don't know what it is. You hit on it, a weird year. If there's any year for Tony Finau to win, it's this year. He bombs it. He's pretty good with his long irons. He's also decent with his short irons. He plays well here. I love that aspect. And then you also look at it, he's always going to be in that top 10, top 15 group here, in my opinion. And in a wacky, weird year where you, you've seen some odd things happen without the fans, maybe he doesn't wilt under pressure like he has uh, in the past. And and so for that reason, I'm going to take a big-time flyer in my favorites on Tony Finau. And I, I know you don't necessarily like that play a lot, but you, know, you could also throw him under the uh, sleeper pick because you know he's not someone that – you'd throw in there as an upper echelon player that's going to win every week because, quite frankly, he hasn't. So with that being said, give me uh, give me your big-time sleeper here. I, I can't wait to hear this. This is something that uh, I've been waiting on because I, I, I was hoping you wouldn't go with someone we've already mentioned. Uh, so let's classify this. I'll, my one play above 100 to 1. Um, well, you can go anyone under 8,000 on DraftKings if, if that makes it easier too. Um, so I would qualify. I'd qualify even like uh, a Justin Rose as a semi sleeper at seventy seven hundred. We talked about Lowry 51. a good bit. He would be in that category, but we've talked about him a good bit. Just um, this isn't to win, but for a top ten play, I think from a value perspective, top ten, um, very bold. He is a rookie. EVR little Eric Van Royen. I think that's a that's a bold play that can that can yield some positive uh, that can yield some pretty good odds. But let's go with the EVR top ten. I love that pick. I love it. I, we hit on him earlier um, briefly. Yeah, he's someone that plays great tee to green. So I, I love that play. And if he does get hot with his butter, he's got every chance in the world. And he's competed in some big time events. Seven to uh, one. Seven to one. Top ten. I I mean that might be the way to go there uh, a little bit of each way. You only got ninety people in the field. Um, exactly. Top fifteen exactly. percent. I think uh, I think that's a bold one. It, I mean, guys, you know, quick shout out to the Sig Ripper Justin Harding. Um, he came in twelfth last year in his first. Hey, damn uh, it! You took my pick. <laughs> first, I was about uh, to go Justin Harding off the wall, uh, and uh, you can say Harding. Uh, uh, Justin Harding, he uh, came in twelfth last year. I mean, twelfth is a random position 
um, to call out. But for those that don't know, top 12 in ties from the previous Masters get in the next year. So that is a marquee number. Justin Rose came in – sorry, Justin Harding came in 12th last year um, as a first-timer. I think the EVR is the uh, 2020 Justin Harding. I like it, and and you, you <laughs> called out my pick. I was going to go Justin Harding for the simple fact that he is Long an international. Player. I know he's an international guy, and he tends to. Uh, I just feel like you know you saw the the result last year uh, under you know tough conditions with the with the fans in the in the stands. I think this year it'll it'll benefit him a little bit more, and also the tougher conditions will bring bring the the field back to him uh, more so. And, and and if I have to go an ultra, ultra uh, long shot, someone that I think could sneak in there to a top five, top ten event or top ten result and maybe be in there with a chance to win, that's a long shot. I got to go Justin Harding. I, I, I like what he brings to the table here. Um, you, you look at it, his, measure, his measures, his statistics aren't the best in the world, um, but they're not they're not terrible either. And I love the fact that you look at it and he puts the ball well. He comes to this event as 17th in strokes gained uh, putting in the last 24 rounds. I think that obviously will translate. You've seen it. Some of the uh, lag putts, some of the the you know Bubba when he put when he put, puts well here, that's when he's most dangerous. Tiger last year, obviously, you, you tend to get guys that are putting real well. They're, they're the ones that are going to go on to win this event, win most events. Uh, so I got to go Justin Harding uh, in this to uh, to wrap up uh, to wrap up my picks for this week. I got to say, this was exciting. I, I, <laughs> nervous coming into this. I'm sure I'm, I'm going to get my head ripped off uh, after this because we went pretty long. I'm sure you're going to get your head ripped off by her, by her wife now. Uh, I saw her come in. You looked up. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Without further ado, appreciate you all for listening. Um, excited to bring you on more content. This will get better as it goes on. We'll start engaging you all on social media, start getting our own page. We will... We will begin to get our. Uh, we'll we'll think of our number one name here to name this podcast moving forward, and our graphics will come out here soon. This is a work work in progress here. Yes, we've been thinking about doing this for the last year and a half because we do this basically every week in golf season. So it just makes sense, and and we're excited to bring you all some great golf content, and and most importantly, bring you all some winners. So um, Grant, if there's anything more that uh, you can add, uh, would love to hear it now. Yeah, just uh, stick with the bombers. That's that's my strategy this week. Find a couple diamonds in the rough, cheap, and uh, trust your gut. Go with it. Love it, love it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I think uh, I think the bombers are going to have an advantage here, uh, but it will be interesting to see. I think there's some some angles to be had here. Uh, whether some guys start on uh, ten through twelve uh, to to begin their masters and. Maybe go two over and you can get them live after going two over through through the first three holes because you know they're going to bogey or birdie the next you know five of the next uh, twelve holes. Get some right back in, you get a little better odds maybe on a Deschambeau or someone that starts on that tenth hole. So it'll be interesting. There will be some unique storylines at this event. I'm super excited to watch. Obviously, this is a uh, best event for of the year for any golf fan and. Excited to get together and uh, eat some pimento cheese sandwiches and uh, have a couple cocktails and, and watch this event. So without further ado, uh, before I get my head ch- uh, ch- absolutely chewed off on my sister, um, for for our podcast to, to ultimately be named, uh, we'll go ahead and say it's the PBFU podcast. Uh, uh, for Grant and, and myself, uh, appreciate you listening and uh, stay swinging, y'all.